0: Hi, this is Joe with the Next in Ed podcast series. This school year has been crazy for us so far. And so Julie and Marcy and I have decided that we are going to produce a new interview every other Tuesday. So please enjoy this week's podcast and know that a new one is coming up very soon. Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi, welcome to Next and Ed. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. Julie, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
1: great. How about yourself?
0: I'm I'm doing good. So I wanted to tell you something. Okay. I have been, you know, you and I have been trying to figure out how many episodes we've done. Yes. And it was hard to track because we didn't number the episodes. Oops. So (laughs) I, I got aggravated today and I got on the podcast website and I went in and I and I renamed every episode and I numbered them.
1: Did you? I
0: did. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't exactly sure how many we had done.
1: Well, okay.
0: So not counting, not counting the the reruns that we did. Any
1: reruns? Like in summer holidays.
0: Our last episode with Celia uh-huh. was episode. Episode 75. Get
1: out! Yeah. We've done 75.
0: We have done done 75 episodes.
1: I guess that's like our diamond episode. I guess so.
0: And we missed it. We missed it. I had not counted them yet.
1: Well, that's just the story of our podcast.
0: (laughs) I I knew we were close. I I could feel it. I just, I knew. Yeah, me too.
1: Me too. But just, Yeah. Well, we wouldn't probably have done anything about it anyway.
0: Well, probably not. But <laughs> so, let's. So we're on our way we, to, to 100. 100. We'll we're going to do something then. We will do something big. We'll
1: do something big for 100. That's 25 more.
0: I'd love to get.
1: <laughs> so today, 26. Yeah.
0: 24. Okay, 24.
1: Yeah, 24. That's right. I'm after going today. up. Yeah, yeah, after today, 24. I'm counting down now. Counting G- down G- now. God, my math.
0: Okay. Maybe we get our listeners to <laughs> give us some. What should we do? Yeah, some tips. Yeah, so yeah, if, you, yeah. if you have an idea. Of what we could do on our 100th, mm-hmm. that'd be good to know. That'd I'd like good. to know that. Okay. So, continuing on with with your idea of ah, the ah. sing double in 22.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We uh, wanted to pull in one of our previous guests mm-hmm. to catch up with them. Yes. So I'll let you do well, the honors.
1: Also, you know when we had Miss um, Gale, Megan Gale, as our top fan guest.
0: Of course. Remember that? Well, who can forget Megan Gale?
1: Who can forget that? So we asked her as top fan, what was your favorite episode? And her favorite episode was the one with Tiffany Brown. Remember saying that? Yeah,
0: I forgot that she had said Mm -hmm. that.
1: That was her favorite episode. So guess who's back today? Um.
0: (laughs) Oh, Tiffany Brown.
1: Tiffany Brown, <laughs> and we are
2: so glad to have you back in. Well, I'm very honored that y'all invited me back. Yeah, and, and in person too. So I guess I'm yeah. number 76 then, right? You're That's 76. 76 sounds like a Hunger Games, you know, <laughs> scenarios. <then. laughs> 76.
1: May the odds be ever in your favor. Well, yeah, and that kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about again, too, doesn't it? Yes, um, it You know, when you were here before. You talked to us about socio-emotional learning and ACES, mm-hmm. which you will tell us what that is. And uh, you're still teaching, right. correct? You're teaching. Go ahead and remind
2: our audience uh, where you are. And So this year, um, I feel like I've done more than I ever have in my entire career because I'm not just teaching uh, elective and core classes at Davidson High School, but I also serve other schools in the district. So oh. I go out and teach... The ESL students at Chastain Fournier, uh-huh. they're um, in the middle school section. And then I also serve Denton Magnet across the street. They have ELs there. And so I'm just juggling. So that's that's here.
1: different. And, you know, one of the reasons we're bringing back people is because when we had them on the show the first time, mm-hmm. it was we asked you, what do you think is next in ed? Mm-hmm. So now the second go round, we're going, okay, what was the next in ed for you? So it's that.
2: Right. So this is what I think what we're going to talk about today is, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to recap what ACEs and SCL is, social and emotional learning, but we're also going to talk about the intersecting intersection and dynamics that it's had with COVID-19 okay. and this post-COVID era of education that we're dealing with right now. Right. Because right. I think that's the story of every educator's life. I'm doing more mm-hmm. and I'm juggling.
1: You're doing more and you're juggling. So you have a home-based school mm-hmm. at Davidson High School where you're teaching... Classes. Three
2: preps. Three three preps. Four, and if you count, if you separate the How semesters. do you schedule? How do you even schedule going out? I, I really don't know how to answer that <laughs> other than it's a day-by-day, week-by-week <laughs> scenario, and I think all of my principals can, ac- can attest to that. Um, but I just make sure that I'm communicating and connecting with students and teachers and principals every week, even if they don't get to see me on campus that got week. You, got you. Got Yeah, our class sizes at Davidson are just through the roof. We've always had a big um, ESL population, but we're about 100 ELs right now who require services and um, English learners. English learners, Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, district-wide, we're up to almost 1,900 English learners. And um, we just were able to get four more teachers on with our um, Mm ESSER grant money, but um, it still just doesn't seem like enough because Mm – you know, it's like a seven A high school worth of English learners with only twenty four teachers. Right.
0: So that number, obviously, that is at the highest it's ever, ever been, been. Ever been. Was that just a sudden jump, or has it been gradually reaching this point? Yeah,
2: I feel curious. like it's well, there has been a gradual increase every single year. I would say over the last five years, but this past year, boom. I mean, we have so many students coming in. Last year was a little weird because of virtual education. So we had students who may have enrolled through school, but we never saw them um, on campus. So it didn't seem... I guess, like a huge jump, but now everybody's coming back on campus or family members are coming on campus or, you know, because of the economy and the job situation nationwide, people are migrating and moving around and, um, they're, they're looking for jobs. So we have a lot of students who are new to the district, not just English learners, but just in general. I Um, I mean, at Davidson, I think we're, we're getting at least two ELs a week, but that's, that's just the English learners that that's not there all the are other students. students who are enrolling, it seems like, every wow. other week. Wow. And so the backgrounds for these students, I mean, it's varied, is It's very diverse. Very diverse. Now, we have um, students who um, have come to us with parents who are working for mobile aerospace or Airbus. So they're here on, you know, for work, their work visas. Um, and then uh, we have students who are here as unaccompanied minors who have very limited or um, minimal formal education background. Mm -hmm. And there's just, there's so many different scenarios with the background of our kids. And um, everything is trial and error, no matter how long you teach. Everything's (laughs) trial and error. Right. (laughs) But it's an effort. It's an
1: effort, and it moves forward.
2: It does. And you always see growth of some sort. You know, even if it's not the academic growth that you're wanting to see, um, especially right now, seeing that social and emotional growth seeing the resilience come through with these students who are able to become responsible decision makers, whether that be in their academic studies or in their discipline or their truancy or just getting up and deciding I'm going to give 100 percent today at school and at work and at home. You know, these are those those are that's growth that I'm trying to look for and that we're trying to push for right now, especially, like I said, in this um, very different era of education, it seems. Well, I'm thinking because if you don't
1: solve that problem, then the academics are not going to happen. It's, it's just a block for, for learning.
2: Right. And I think that's where we are right now is just a lot of these words are have become known over the last few years through advocacy and awareness. But I don't want them. My, my concern is that we're still so busy meeting the same things we were trying to meet before COVID that these important, um, words are becoming more like fad acronyms Mm -hmm. and they're going to lose their depth and their meaning, you know? So, um, recapping on what I talked about last time, we spoke about ACEs and social and emotional learning. Well, ACEs are adverse childhood effects. This is a study that's been around since the nineties and, um, we, as a department, learned about it through Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, who focused on the medical aspects of how ACEs affect you and how it causes all of the chemicals and hormones in your body to go crazy, and it becomes maladaptive in your in your growth, whether um, mentally or physically. And that students who go through all sorts of trauma in their childhood years, ages, you know, from birth to 18, um, it can... It, it causes so much harm, so much harm. And we talked about that on the ACE indicator assessment. If we all took the indicator right. assessment, we would all hit at least one right. indicator. And now the, um, the they're forecasting that it's going to even be more through the CDC. They're doing research right now to try to figure out how much more um, – Impact COVID nineteen has had on students and children because it's impacted everyone somehow. Exactly.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Exactly. Some more,
1: some in more tra- traumatic ways than others. Mm-hmm. Yes. But well, what, it's impacted everyone.
2: Well, we taught, we've learned that, and um, our further research as a department and district that ACEs it's it's not just adverse childhood experiences, but it's connected in a pair with your adverse community effects. And so, of course, that, that's referring to, you know, um, areas of poverty or mm-hmm. violence or crime. But uh, one of the indicators there is community disruption. <laughs> so um. isn't that – I mean, that's very <laughs> on point with what we've all been through, mm-hmm. everyone, right. mm-hmm. over the last two years now, it seems.
1: It's a disruption. Disruption, mm-hmm. that's right. And, everything, and a lot of things that we do normally.
2: And so I think this year um, – Not only do we want to recap that and knowing how to, or just be cognizant of how to address issues with children in our classroom, but we also want to stop and just take a moment to reflect as adults and realize that everyone we're working with, whether it's in the school system and on a campus, in Walmart, an adult in a gas station, everyone has been through something the last couple of years. Everyone's been through some type of trauma, including the caregivers.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't can't think of anybody that hasn't been affected. No, by no,
2: going,
1: and 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 that's that's what's so fascinating about this being you being in a school setting, you know, and seeing because you still have to deal with the academic. Right. I mean, that's right. the purpose of school. Mm-hmm. But yet, you have to be aware that we're all going through something, not just the students, but the teachers as well. Right.
0: We're here today with Tiffany Brown. And we were going to get into what you have uh, going on currently or what, what's been happening with you most recently, aside from taking on a couple of additional schools <laughs> with uh, <That's> a lot,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, nothing major, nothing just major.
1: Uh, no adding right. days to your week or anything, but right. just fit it in. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. They're lucky to have you.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we have a wonderful department. The whole ESL department is fantastic. And these ladies work really, really hard juggling lots of different schools. Um, so this year, um, Kirsten Gentry, our coordinator, um, she said, you know, we, I agree, we need, to, we need to focus on trauma-informed care and not just for our students, but for our faculty members as well. So that was our district um, focus this year in our PD. And I was able to take that on the road to um, Jackson, Mississippi for the um, SAL Conference, which was, it's for Alabama and Mississippi educators. And um, so what I want to acknowledge for all people listening, adults included, is that your trauma is valid that you've been through, whether it was before COVID or in the last couple of years. And we all keep that, you know, tucked away so that we can function and continue working. And, um, you know, Ed Week put out an article at the beginning of this year about educators who are trying to help students get through their day, learn, and deal with their grief when they themselves are dealing with so much on their personal end and at home. And so it just really opened up our eyes that, you know, we just need to stop a second. One of the things we have to do as an ESL teacher is we have to collaborate with the classroom teacher to make sure that um, appropriate language accommodations are being made for students and every child is different and every child has their own um background of academics and of uh trauma that they may be dealing with and so and people are stressed out this year I mean we know that we've seen the statistics nationally of the exodus of teachers leaving because it's just too much it feels like right now and so at the beginning of the everyone was stressed just trying to get back on board with bringing students back in to the classroom um there's not enough teachers there's not enough subs um, administrators are trying to juggle finding classroom coverage and dealing with um, the mandates that they're they're having to push through right. in their school. Attendance, so everybody, sentences. everybody yes. is just at their wit's end, and so I just w- we we what we focused on in the district PD was bringing in our administrators and our teachers and um, just saying let's just stop and that mindful breathing we talked about in the last episode. I mean, we did that with them and asked them just to take a moment and reflect on a time when they were happy to come to work and remember what that was. It may have been before COVID. It may have been several years ago, but a lot of people are struggling right now. And a lot of the problems that they have are really red herrings for the situation that they're really dealing with. You know, it's hard to cut off personal and professional Mm -hmm. and so when you're going through something in your own life or trying to deal with grief yourself or um, coping with whatever that trauma may be it's gonna affect your reaction to things in the classroom that may or may not be a big deal and instead of saying oh you're just making a mountain out of a molehill well let's just listen to our teachers listen to our administrators communication is key not just with students but Among staff and faculty as well, and I've realized this year that teachers who come to me very upset or very panicked or overstressed about what to do with a student, when I stop and just check in with them, do a a social and emotional Mm -hmm. learning check with my teacher, and ask them how they're doing. How's your day? You feeling okay? You got you know just become a listener, communicate with them, and just listen. And not try to give them advice most of the time. The majority of the time, the situation fixes itself. We're talking about professionals here who are educated and they know how to do their job. Right. They know the best practices. They're already doing a lot of these in the classroom anyway. But when we stop and listen and when we know our teachers and we know our faculties the way we teach our teachers to know their students, things start to reunite again and thread itself. And so I think that's the big focus for this year.
1: That's, a, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, it's just
1: so important to realize that people are going through things mm-hmm. and at the same time, and, and that's what's running through my head when you're talking is that all of this is going on in people's heads, in their lives, in the trauma. But at the same time, we're just moving along just like we always have like nothing nothing's really changed. And but yet everything has changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything has flipped. We can't teach the same way. We don't have kids in the classroom. We don't have teachers in the classroom. Uh we don't, we have teachers leaving, we don't have teachers coming in. I mean, I don't even know how many students you have these days that, or that are graduating that we know that that statistic is lower. So, um it's just, but we have, we know we have to deal too, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, so Tiffany, just to kind of push back on that, we still have to deal with it. We still have to come to work.
2: Right. We still have to come to work. We have to, you know, pull, pull the boots Trying. up by the straps and, was and show up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, um, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're pushing through ourselves. We're actually demonstrating what resilience is to our students. We're um, managing Our own emotions to show them how they're not going to be able to model on how to act and react to a situation if they're not seeing it. They're not seeing it modeled. That's right. That's true. But are they aware that teachers
1: are going through things?
2: I think it's important to have to to recognize
1: that as resilience, right?
2: And I think it. I think that's why it's important to have the conversations with your children, Mm -hmm. with your students, age appropriate. Come up with situations, um, and activities that. that, that you can connect with the students as well. And is that what the trauma informed um, instruction is doing? Is that what? Yeah, so social and emotional, practices, social and emotional learning, learning practices stem from trauma informed care. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, these are all strategies teachers do, but it falls under two umbrellas, and that's creating trust and building a safe environment, a safe learning environment. And if these students can feel like they can, if these students feel safe in that room, And if they feel like they can trust their teacher, then that's when we can start working on. We we have to. That's when we can start working on the academics. But we have to connect with them, in a emotional and a sensory level, Mm -hmm. or we're never going to get in that academic. um,
1: Right. And and I see the struggle for teachers because you know they have so many things to do. There's so many things on their checklist, and they come in. And of course, I'm thinking, you know, my elementary world, my elementary thinking. They come in, they get going. You know, let's get going. Mm -hmm. Let's start checking things off the list. Let's do this, 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 and this. You got homework. You got to do this. You got to do that. So where's the coming in and getting to know the students and what's going on with them? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, they have to, they're going to have to reflect on that. Mm-hmm. and say this is what I need to do to know my students, to make it better so that I can teach them.
2: Well, and I think you and I knew from when we went through our national that's board. That's just what I was thinking. When doing. we went through our national board process, mm-hmm. there's one common denominator. One common thread. And all of the national board certificates, and that's reflection.
1: Reflection and knowing your students. And
2: knowing your students, that's right.
1: And not just what they know or what they know about, mm-hmm. but knowing them. Mm-hmm. And that's just so important. It is.
0: Yeah, I think in, in some cases, some teachers are so anxious for things to get back to normal, back to the way that they were. There's, they don't really see that it it's not, I, I don't think that's possible, mm-hmm. right? Not after we've been through yeah. what we've been through. And mm-hmm. there really has to be a different approach. And it kind of, like, it sounds like what, what you're focusing in on now, like what you did at that conference was going back to the old adage of you can't truly take care of somebody else until you take care of yourself first.
2: Right. And I, and I don't, and it, you know, it's not just teachers who are, you know, trying to grasp at some type of normalcy. I mean, teachers are, we know that teachers are the ones in the trenches. They're on the front lines and they're having to um, implement any type of um, strategy or PD or whatever that's given to them from their um, either school or district or state leadership. So I think we all, everyone in education right now just needs to stop and take a minute and take a breath and reflect. It's not just for national board teachers. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a national board teacher to to reflect and know your kids. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, But teachers right now just want to feel supported. And, you know, having support doesn't just, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a pat on the back, good job, and here's a cake in the teacher's lounge. Support, a lot of times, just comes from communicating and having someone listen. Sincere care. Sincere care. Sincere Sincere care. care. Like you said, coming in, checking in, hey, Joe, how you doing today? Are you going to be, are you okay? And just like, you know, we know when someone's being sincere, Mm -hmm. the kids are the same way. Oh,
1: Mm -hmm. sure. They
2: know when you're truly present with them Mm -hmm. in the classroom and when you're you're not.
0: I'd say they're even more perceptive than a lot of adults. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They see right through it.
2: And, you know, just... um, same thing when we communicate with our caregiver, when when we communicate with parents or guardians, you know, remembering that they may have been through trauma mm-hmm. and that we are still the professional in the room. We're the educator. And so we have to regulate our own emotions, show not just the student but the parent how to handle a situation. Mm-hmm. Don't let, um. don't let, What's that expression? Get your goat? Don't oh, yeah. Get your goat. <laughs> yeah. You know, like.
1: <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while.
2: Just regulate. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just regulate. Just regulate. It, and, it. But
1: share that information out. I mean, and and that goes back to just have, communicating with parents, mm-hmm. you know, and,
2: and being open with parents. I mean, if anything, this past year did. I think it just opened a Pandora's box that we now are. We realize what a lot of our students were going through at home. That's fat That's interesting point. Yeah. That is an interesting point. And you mentioned earlier
1: that. Their resiliency has been good. Like you're seeing positive resiliency. I do in, see in form of growth.
2: Yes, I do see a lot of positive um, growth with our student, specifically with our ELs that you're working with. But mm-hmm. what we're talking about with trauma informed care—that's you know district-wide, mm-hmm. cross curriculum, district wide, cross age levels, um, cross demographics. That's everyone. But with the students I deal with with English learners, I am seeing a lot of positive um, growth in their social, in their emotions Mm -hmm. and their um, social decision-making skills.
0: Yeah. My, my hope is that things will continue the way they are now. And like at the university, we just got permission to take our masks off again, Mm -hmm. which was very exciting. Um, And kids will stay on campus and be able to be around each other more and continue to to grow in in those types of of social skills mm-hmm. and we can work our way out of this. Yeah,
1: I think as as we get back to that quote unquote normal which it won't ever be again, we can't we can't forget to just we're just celebrating yay we're working and not and forget the trauma mm-hmm. that we've been through and understand that people everybody is going through something and just be more understanding and be a better listener. Right.
0: I will say, although the numbers may be a little bit lower that the students that I've been working with this year that are going to be teachers are probably more determined than ever. I mean, they, they've gone in and listened to some of our podcasts and they, you know, and in their reflections, they've, it's hurt their heart to see some of the struggles to read about or listen to some of the struggles that kids have gone through and teachers have gone through, but, and they're aware that people are leaving the profession or not wanting to come into it. But, but those students that are in it now mm-hmm. are going to be phenomenal that's when they hear. get in the classroom because they know that that's exactly where they need to be. And they're, I mean, despite, they're in spite of calling. it all, yeah, in spite of it all, they're, they're doing it and they want to be there for those kids. And, that, that gives me a lot of hope.
1: That is wonderful. very hopeful. There's is. one
2: thing that's going to help fix all of this. It's passion. It's passion. That's right. It's passion. And, and you
1: know, and, and Joe, you and I have talked about this before, is that it seems like the younger you are, even little kids, they are more resilient to come through things Oh sure. than, than the older people <laughs> are. You know, the, the, it's harder for us to change or to, to make those transitions, but it's a part of their world. Right. It's a part of their world, and so they're they're adapting they're adapting
0: so you did this this great conference and you've you've had to to shift and change a lot of things and a lot since the last time we talked to you what's what's coming up next? What do you see next?
2: Well, uh, the only thing I see right now is getting through access testing in <laughs> uh. <laughs> the district trying to test all of our nineteen hundred students by our deadline, oh, but no. God. yeah. So, um,
1: that's what's next in, in like what you have to do for, for work. But what, what would you like to see happen in the schools? I think you've kind of talked about it. Just I a little bit of peace.
2: It, I th- Yeah. Just fine. It's funny to even think about the word peace in the school when we think about all the things that we're having to do, but yeah, finding moments of peace, finding moments to reconnect with why you became an educator, yes, why you became a leader and you know, what? How are we going to rethink what we're doing and how we're doing it in the classroom in order to make a difference? You know, I think Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, she's, she said this. She said the hardest thing about being in such close proximity to trauma is being able to stay there long enough to make a difference in it. And so if we're going to do that, we're not going to be able to do it unless we just stop and reflect. And stick
1: around. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining us again today.
1: We're so happy to have you back. You're great, great, (laughs) great to listen
2: to. Love hearing about it. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all inviting me back.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank those of you for watching or listening today. And be sure to catch us next time as Julie and I continue to explore what's what's next in Ed. Ed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama, engineered by Tim VP Media Production, music by Justin Matthews, hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at Next in Ed and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.